I'm Gabrielle Johnston for N Equals One, a podcast about science and discovery at UC San Diego. In each episode, we bring you the story of one project, one discovery, or one scientist. Today on N Equals One, we will be discussing a pressing but hardly talked about public health problem, congenital syphilis. According to a Centers for Disease Control and Prevention publication, congenital syphilis has been on the rise since 2001 with a sharp increase in 2014 across the United States. Dr. Jennifer Wagman, an assistant professor in UC San Diego School of Medicine, Division of Infectious Diseases and Global Public Health, and the associate director for the Center on Gender Equity and Health, will be joining us to discuss why we are seeing a rise in congenital syphilis and what should be done. For many people, hearing the word syphilis conjures up the idea of an antiquated disease. However, this disease is still a very real public health threat, especially for pregnant women, with more than 27,000 cases being reported in 2015. Dr. Wagman, thank you for joining me today. Could you start off by explaining what congenital syphilis is? Yes. So syphilis is a bacterial infection that's sexually transmitted, and it can cause serious health problems if it's not treated. Um, congenital syphilis, which is also referred to as mother-to-child transmission of syphilis, is a disease that occurs when a mother who is infected with syphilis passes the infection on to her baby during pregnancy. It's also important to know that syphilis can be treated, and this is one of the really kind of outstanding parts of what's going on in the United States right now is that syphilis is 100% preventable. So pregnant women, if they are diagnosed, they should be treated right away, and they can be treated with um, antibiotics, specifically penicillin. Um, and if they are treated within 30 days uh, before their delivery, it's likely to prevent the syphilis from being transmitted onto their baby at all. So it's really important that detection is done in a timely fashion and that the appropriate medications are provided to the mom. Thank you for that wonderful explanation, Dr. Ragman. You noted that congenital syphilis is a sexually transmitted disease. Are all sexually transmitted diseases and infections on the rise, or are we just seeing a sharp increase in syphilis and congenital syphilis? Yeah, according to the Centers uh, for Disease Control and Prevention, um, sexually transmitted diseases across the board are at an all-time high currently in the United States. With regard to syphilis, um, so syphilis among women, so not specifically congenital syphilis being transmitted to babies, um, the rate of syphilis among women increased 27% from 2014 to 2015, and congenital syphilis increased by 6%. Um, So some preliminary data that have been compiled by the CDC show that this trend continued into 2016, and I think um, data for the past year are still being analyzed. Um, The bottom line is we're still seeing rises across the board in all STIs, um, including syphilis among women and congenital syphilis. And this has been a big trend change uh, because in the past, the highest rates of syphilis have been seen in the United States among men who have sex with men. So a big distinction now is that there has been a sharp increase among um, women who are heterosexual in addition to men who have sex with men. 
Congenital syphilis puts the life of the mother and child in danger, from my understanding. So why is it important to diagnose and treat this during pregnancy, which is also sometimes referred to as antenatal care? Yeah, so it's really important to diagnose and treat congenital syphilis during pregnancy uh, because data indicate that up to 40% of pregnancies in women with untreated syphilis will result in miscarriage, stillbirth, or infant death. And despite that some infants who are exposed to congenital syphilis um, while the, the mom is pregnant and who are uh, born alive, they often have really adverse health outcomes and they may develop many severe illnesses, um, including bone deformities, severe anemia, um, and a large liver or spleen jaundice. Um, they might develop brain and nerve problems, including blindness or deafness, uh, meningitis, and many skin rashes. How congenital syphilis affects a baby really depends on when it's detected and how long the baby has been exposed. Um, but something that else that's really important to note is that not all babies who are born with congenital syphilis will have symptoms right away. So what happens in many cases is that a baby is born to a mom who's infected and doesn't show any signs or symptoms right after birth, which can be super misleading because it might be conjured that the baby is okay, but what often happens is that later in the, the baby's life or as the baby develops into a young child, they can develop a lot of negative health outcomes um, as well that include both uh, learning disabilities and other physical abnormalities and health problems. The severity of the outcomes of the disease um, are really um, in line with the amount of exposure the baby has. So if she's treated earlier in the pregnancy, it's much less likely that the baby will have negative health outcomes. So early testing and treatment is key. Yes. Those are very, very interesting points and things that everyone should be aware of. I think another important, important part to touch on is where this is being seen in the United States. Are epidemiologists seeing this in specific areas or are they seeing it generally across the United States? Yeah, that's a great question um, and something that we're still trying to understand what exactly is, is happening, um, what are the trends. Uh, there, the increases in congenital syphilis have definitely been seen over the past few years um, across all races and ethnicities in the United States as well as in every region of the country. Um, but there are definitely some states as well as jurisdictions within specific states that are more highly impacted than others. Um, so the state that has shown the highest morbidity has been Louisiana, um, followed by California. So those are two of the locations where a lot of um, prevention and epidemiological investigation efforts are being placed right now. Um, but in addition to those states, we're seeing really um, in concerning trends in a lot of the southern states, including um, Florida, Georgia, and Texas, and close to us in California, Nevada has been really highly impacted as well. In our state of California, the, the hardest hit areas have been in the Central Valley. Um, specifically Fresno County and Kern County. Um, 
So to give an idea of what the situation is in both of these areas, I'll give a few numbers. And it's important to note that when you hear the numbers, they might not sound like huge and really concerning, but what's really remarkable is the change in um, the percent effort, sorry, the percent increase. So in 2015, Fresno County had 40 cases of congenital syphilis. Um, and this is a huge increase considering that just four years earlier, they only had two cases. Um, and in Kern County, um, in 2001, there was one case of congenital syphilis, but in 2015, there were 28 cases. So we're seeing a huge percent increase in um, the number of new cases of congenital syphilis in these regions. So what are some factors that you or the research believe are contributing to the rise of congenital syphilis? It would seem that these numbers possibly represent a step backwards in medical care and prevention, or possibly that the healthcare system is failing pregnant mothers. Um, that's also a really good question, and it's actually the main reason that I'm talking to you today. It really forms the basis for why we're focusing on congenital syphilis, to try to understand what is going on. Um, so this resurgence, um, certainly points to missed opportunities for prevention within the public health and healthcare systems. Um, given that syphilis had almost disappeared in the United States by 2000, um, I think it's really possible and perhaps likely that we as a society, um, which includes our our healthcare providers overall, and especially our prenatal care providers, that we might have collectively come to assume that we were kind of on a path to um, seeing the, the elimination of syphilis overall. So because of that, and just given other health issues going on, um, it might be the case that um, we as public health researchers and our healthcare providers might have started to maybe de-emphasize or deprioritize the value of um, placing emphasis on you know really stringent and systematic screening for congenital syphilis during provision of uh, prenatal care. Um, and I think that really makes sense just because if we think it's gone, we might not be paying attention to it as much. But clearly this rise in cases indicates that it is still thriving and there might be factors at play that we're unaware of. Um, overall, we're really uncertain about the precise reason behind this rise in congenital syphilis cases. Um, and as mentioned, this is why we as researchers um, here at UC San Diego, why the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention and why a lot of healthcare providers are putting a lot of energy into understanding what's what's going on. There are a few things that we believe are key contributing factors, some of which I think are um, demographically specific. I think some might um, be related to some of the political changes and political trends. Um, one of the big key contributing factors that I think there's a lot of agreement on um, as an issue that's driving increases in congenital syphilis in some cases is that some women are 
either getting prenatal care too late or not presenting for care at all. And this is something that we think is really um, a key issue in California. So our statistics from our local public health departments indicate that in the regions that are the most highest hit, so again, these are the Central Valley areas of Fresno County and Kern County, that up to half of the women who are pregnant are not accessing antenatal care at all. Um, and this is really problematic in that, you know, going back to what we were talking about earlier, it's really important for women to be screened and treated early for syphilis, um, specifically during the first trimester of care. So if they're not getting in for care, that's a complete missed opportunity for detecting that syphilis is there at all. So if they don't know they have it, they're not going to get tested. Um, Interestingly, this is very different than what we're seeing in some areas, such as um, Louisiana, which is uh, the highest hit area in the United States. So statistics from their state um, public health department indicates that the majority of women who are infected actually do get in for antenatal care, at least during the first trimester, but are still de delivering babies who are infected with syphilis. So. Something is clearly missing in um, that chain of events. So we don't exactly know what it is. We have some, some thoughts and hypotheses. It could be the fact that um, women are getting tested and then not getting treatment at all, or maybe they're not getting adequate treatment, or they're getting treated and the, the syphilis is cured, but then they get reinfected and maybe they don't go back in the third trimester and get retested. So that's what we're trying to find out in some of the areas where we're doing this research. So it sounds like there's many different areas where you could be focusing your efforts and to my understanding, you're at the beginning of a new project to partner with the March of Dimes and the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention on a project to learn and understand what is contributing to the rise of congenital syphilis. Could you share with us a little bit more about this project? Yes, so the, the March of Dimes has been partnering with CDC for the past couple of years since they started to notice this trend um, in increasing rates of congenital syphilis. They've been working together across the United States to really address the problem and understand how they can ramp up efforts to increase um, detection of syphilis early and also promote treatment. However, despite working together for a couple of years, there still seem to be some unanswered questions. So over the past several months, um, we have been partnering with the March of Dimes and the CDC to understand what we can do in both California and Louisiana, the two um, highest morbidity uh, states in the United States to detect what some of these um, issues, some of these underlying issues might be in uh, preventing all of these efforts from actually reaching success. School of Medicine at UC San Diego are partnering with colleagues at the Tulane University School of Public Health and Tropical Man uh, Medicine um, in Louisiana to conduct a 12-month um, qualitative study in Kern County, California, and East Baton Rouge Parish in Louisiana um, to do really intensive interviews and focus group discussions with 
healthcare providers who are primarily um, uh, working with pregnant women to provide antenatal care. Um, we really want to talk to a broad range of prenatal care providers, um, so not just obstetrician gynecologists, but also um, midwives and um, birth attendants and other types of public health nervous, uh, nurses who are working with pregnant women. Um, also who are working with women who are considered um, most at risk for congenital syphilis. So these include women who have tested posi positive for syphilis in the past, um, women who live in high morbidity areas, um, also women who are substance users, um, women who have been incarcerated. Um, so we're going to be speaking with these healthcare providers as well as to pregnant women themselves. By talking to women in particular, um, especially women who are in these high-risk areas and high-risk populations, it will get, really give us a chance to explore what some of the, the barriers to um, preventing them from getting infected and then transmitting it to their babies are. And the real value of understanding what some of the barriers are and getting their recommendations for how we can reduce some of these barriers is that we'll generate findings that we can use then to inform the way in which interventions are developed or the way in which we can can improve some of the existing protocols um, so that we can better reach people who, who are in need of, of services. Wrapping up, is there anything that anyone can do to help stop this outbreak before it gets worse? Yeah, so the CDC is really calling on clinicians to um, get back to the basics of syphilis prevention for pregnant women. So it's nothing new. Um, we don't know of any new methods that can reverse the growing problem. It's really just um, kind of perhaps undergoing a paradigm shift back to just realizing that this Syphilis has not been eliminated in the United States and in fact um, is on the rise. So we just need to remind ourselves um, that it's something that needs to be paid attention to. And uh, for healthcare providers specifically, I think it's just advisable to um, go back to our systematic and standard protocols for treating pregnant women, and the CDC provides all of those guidelines on their website, um, but really just screening pregnant women um, and really offering you know, rigorous follow-up, making sure that women who test positive are given treatment and following up to make sure that they are treated and then retested uh, later in their pregnancy. Thank you for that great advice. And also thank you for joining us today and explaining what congenital syphilis is, as well as some steps that both clinicians and women can take to be more aware of this problem. If you would like more information on syphilis or congenital syphilis, feel free to visit www.cdc.gov forward slash STD. It's a great resource for both clinicians and women or men who are interested in learning more. And with that, it concludes today's episode. For N equals 1, I'm Gabrielle. Thank you for joining us.